impassivity that bound him so strongly, he often woke in the night, struggling to breathe. It was unfortunate that those to whom he owed money did not show similar restraint. He drank an iced coffee in a cafe and read the papers for an hour, then went back to his shop. He was met by the fragranced air, the impression of delights within, that made Barol and Co. one of the best patronized emporia in the city. Pete had long since had to let his white staff go, since they demanded salaries he could not rise to. But he had made a virtue of necessity and trained his African employees in the highest traditions of European service. These he had been privileged to observe, as a younger man, in the household of the best hotelier in Europe. When an assistant at Barol & Co. asked a client if they might be of service, and bowed and made eye contact, and then smiled as they extolled the comfort of a chair or the perfection of a stool. They did so quite as well as any shop assistant anywhere in the world. For many years, Pete's habit of treating his staff as if they were men and women whose lives were at least as important as his own, a habit that differed sharply from the attitude of all but the rarest white men, had inspired in those who worked for him a passionate devotion that had kept them loyal long after their salary payments ceased to be very regular. It was unfortunate, thought Pete, as he caught the expression on his manager's face, that loyalty cannot feed a large family. She was a descendant of high-born Malays, whose innate nobility set even the richest of his patrons at ease. He knew that losing her would be a loss he might not sustain, not only to his business, but to his spirits. For this reason, he made no great hurry to open the envelope she put in his hand, lips pursed, restraining the tears that would have been unacceptable on the shop floor. He took it to his office, a handsome room at the back of the shop, furnished with pieces of which he was especially proud. Every wooden object in it was made to his own design by the master craftsman he had been sensible enough to lure from his competitors. Pete sat at his desk, looking at the envelope. He thought of the child he had made with Stacy, a boy named Arthur who seemed only to walk in dappled sunshine, who had inherited his father's love for the world and all that was in it. He felt unbearably sad. Louisa Fomolan Sickert's Longchamp stood in front of a long mirror in her suite at the Mount Nelson Hotel, an expression of intense concentration on her face. The aquiline perfection of her youth had resolved into an adult face of arresting severity. She had lost weight on the voyage, having spent every day in her cabin, expelling all her poor stomach had managed to hold down. This had given her an ethereal quality, complemented by porcelain skin, that was given a jaunty finish by the angle of her hat. When she had settled this to her satisfaction, she picked up the telephone. Mr. Longchamp suite. And then, after a moment, Darling, I'm ready for you. Louisa had taken care that her new husband's room should be at the furthest extent of the hotel from her own, since Dennis seemed inclined to visit at all hours in his pajamas. She was not looking forward to the day ahead, though she was resolved to do what she had decided. She went into the connecting bedroom without knocking, and for the first time all morning, she smiled. Facing the window, 
was a young woman whose springy golden curls were held up by sharp spikes of platinum set with emeralds. You're divinely overdressed, said Louisa, and kissed her once, sensuously, on the mouth. Don't set me off before lunch, said Murta Janssen. I need you to be a darling to Dennis. I've an errand to run on my own, and you're the only person who can draw him off me. Murta smiled. It would be such bad form if he made love to your best friend on your honeymoon. She slipped her arm around Louisa's waist. But such a relief, said Louisa, and they kissed very tenderly. They sprang apart when the door of the next room received a series of knocks that indicated tremendous joie de vivre. Louisa went into her bedroom. She opened the door to find her husband in crisp flannels. Dennis was not conventionally handsome, but his enthusiasm for life...